Today's episode of the Self Storage Insight Podcast, I'm joined by Bud Spencer, and Bud Spencer is out of Kentucky and has multiple locations with his company, Security Self Storage. But if you don't mind, give us a little bit of your background and kind of maybe how you got started in self storage a few years ago. Yeah, I'm uh, Bud Spencer with Security Self Storage here in Madisonville, Kentucky, and I've got one in Hanson, Kentucky, another location, but I've got a total of six locations and uh, 549 units. The um, and it's Western Kentucky. It's not it's, it's kind of rural, but not not like farming community rural. It's you know like Southern Illinois type thing. Mm-hmm. It's you know there's 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 some industry here. Population of the county is about sixty thousand. The, the actual town or the city is about twenty, I think. Okay. But um, so um, but we stay full. Um, I've got into the business, or my wife and I actually are from Atlanta, so. Um, uh, we, she wanted to move back here to get closer to family, which, you know, okay, you, you kind of do what you got to do. Right. And um, so uh, when I got here, I just kind of like looking for stuff, you know, what am I going to do? And uh, um, so um, didn't really, didn't really have to have a job, if you know what I mean. It, mm-hmm. it was, I was in a situation where we were pretty comfortable. I mean, we were getting, you know, getting along just fine. Um, she was working and, uh, but, uh, so I was talking to my dad and him and my uncle were, um, they had, they were the largest self-storage here in this area. It, um, it, and, um, so we kind of sat down and we talked about the, the margins and some of the, like, yeah, it sounds like a pretty good business you need to get into, but mm-hmm. I wasn't in a mood to start building, you know, from the ground up. Right. So, uh, that's just, you know, that just kind of, it didn't appeal to me at the time. So, um, this one facility came available and uh, about four, well, almost five years ago now. And um, I took my dad with me. We went and looked at it, you know, just drive by and, you know, and in this place, it was, it was a disaster. It was a mess. You know, I mean, it, you can yeah. just, you know, just, <laughs> you just shook your head and, and then I kind of hum hawed around about it for a while. And I thought, okay, I'm, my dad advised me not to do it. He says, man, don't, don't, don't do it. He says, that's a, it's going to be a huge mistake. <laughs> so yeah. we went ahead and did it. And, uh, and it, it's actually turned out pretty good. I had a lady just uh, last week called and she was in tears because I did not have anything available on Knoll Avenue. And uh, she says, wow. I don't want to go to Hanson. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I don't, you know, but, and, and uh, that's turned into one of my more popular places. And before, you know, I, people would just say, absolutely. You know, it was when we first bought it, they said, no way I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, right. they, they just the, the appearance, the, um, and, but it's kind of a funny story. The guy that we bought it from the, or the guy that actually owned it. Now here again, I'm getting all my information or did get my information like third party, but he was actually in prison and okay. it was his mom was the power of attorney and she totally didn't want this thing. And um, she was just looking for anybody to take this thing off her hands. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then I came around and, and it's worked out actually one location. We've added five buildings that we started with three and we went oh, wow. ahead and we built five more on, on the, the property next to it. Okay. So, um, so how many units do you have right now that you're managing currently? 549 units. And you said that was over six facilities. Is that what you correct? Six locations. And we have a total of 22 buildings now. Our latest acquisition was in Hanson, which is about five miles north of of town. And um, uh, that's where the Walmart is. So that's kind of where everybody knows it by. Um, Mm -hmm. The um, that's that was uh, 
three months ago. So uh, we, okay. we, we uh, purchased and it was two, just two buildings on that property. And uh, um, so so awesome. it's, it should be all right. It should work out pretty good. So. Right. So so, yeah, with the six with the six locations that you've purchased then over, I guess, what the last five years, um, what has kind of been the biggest pain point as you continue to add new locations or something that kind of sticks out to you as a headache as you go in to purchase a new facility, um, you know, to grow your business? As far as purchasing the facility, I've not really ran into anything that's that's nothing that we can't fix. Normally, the the I, the first question is customers ask me is is you know what size you have available. Then it's the price, and then it's do you have security cameras? That's like always the third question. So that's what okay. we're doing right now. Is uh, there wasn't any electrical, so I got the electrical in. So now I'm. Um, we're, we're putting in security cameras. So that was my little project this morning is working on that a little bit. So, okay. um, but that, that's, um, pain points is just kind of getting used to it, getting used to the customers, seeing what the, uh, this one enhancing is this, this, there, there really wasn't a whole big deal. We're, we're putting in driveways also over there cause he had grass, uh, you know, it was just all grass. There was right. just really no gravel. And yeah. so I thought, man, this is going to be not good. So I, I'm, we're, we're about a little over halfway through concrete and all the driveways and that sort of thing. So, uh, so when you, when you purchase a facility like that, and uh, I'm assuming there's some type of occupancy already, right? Do, do most of the tenants stick with you as you switch ownership or uh, do you see a big, a big turnover in, in current customers that are there when you purchase? Yeah, right now um, on Hanson location, uh, the, the rents were way low. I mean, it was like half the price of where they should be. And, and mm -hmm. I think, you know, some of his customers have been there for like 15 years and he hadn't had raised the rent in 15 years. Right. So, um, so I've listened to your other guys on podcasts and everybody in different areas have a, has a different take, you know, it's like, no, exactly, I don't yeah. think there's a right answer, you know, but mm -hmm. Here, the what I, I've been doing is is I got my street rate. You know, if any new customer, this is what they pay, and then um, what I look, I kind of look at who who's paying what, and then what my street rate is, and then I split the difference. You know, like if it's, it's they're paying fifty bucks a month and it should be ninety, I'll charge them seventy, and I, you know I just shoot them a letter, say hey, you know you're going up to seventy, and, and I do it like on a on a slow go basis, like every week. I send out two letters and, um, okay. So just periodically that. moving tenants, not moving the whole facility at once. Right. And as they move out, that gives me time to kind of, you know, you know, extend my security cameras, extend the lighting and just stuff like that. So where it's, I, I'm not overwhelmed, you know, with, with a bunch of, uh, move outs and right. that I have to deal with. And, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the second day that we bought the thing, one of my customers, I didn't, I think I knew who it was, but I didn't see him just drove right into the gate and i'm like are you serious we've only owned it two days <laughs> yeah, right that's <laughs> the, the next two days that. fixing the gate so you know so it's like stuff like that you just gotta they just kind of mm -hmm. want to bide my time on these things i'm not in any big hurry we're um, so right so do you do you kind of have like a plan as far as like how long you want to take to get it to say 85 to 90 percent occupancy and, and does that factor into kind of how you raise the rates or not really Oh, it's already a hundred percent when I bought it. Um, oh, okay. the, um, you know, and, and most of my facilities, <laughs> except for one, <laughs> except for, except for, um, um, 
yeah, I've had about I think 2021, I bought another facility. And I mean, that, that I, I got, I got to tell that story later, but, um, uh, but normally when I buy them, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're already a hundred percent or close to it. So. Okay. And then as far, as far as when you set that rate, do you anticipate trying to push some of them out through your rate yeah. increases? That way you can get the street rate price, you know, versus trying to increase their rates to that price. And I never put much thought into it until I, I, I listened to one of the fellows that you did a podcast earlier, but they had a different strategy. They like to raise the rates above their street rate and then kind of back it down as that, you know, like they're trying to shove people out. Right. Um, and he said, I think he had a statistic like, I forget, 30% move out. It was surprisingly low when I thought, but right. for, for me, um, but yeah, I, I try to uh, uh, just do a slow go. And, and if, as they move out, and I've had a couple move out, Actually, no, I've only had one move out of hands of the hands that our newest acquisition, uh, only one move out so far. And I think there's another one or two that are that are thinking about it. They're talking about it. So. Yeah, which I mean, if, if you're in an area, too, where you're sitting at 100 percent occupancy, you know, that gives you a little bit more flexibility with your rates as well. If it's you know, it's not like they can just up and leave and go somewhere else. If, you know, you do increase those those in place rates, you know, over time. Um, yeah. Again, so it, it, but it is amazing to me as I talk to different people, the different, the different strategies based on where people are even located, you know, like it seems like in rural areas, the occupancy rates are much higher and they don't increase the rates near as much where it's, you know, in the more, you know, city metro areas, they do significant rate increases and push people out really fast, but they get them rates up and get money off of them customers pretty quickly. So that, you know, so there's a lot more fluctuation in rates, it seems like in the more metro areas, but it is interesting to me how much difference there is between how people run their businesses. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't vary much, just a little bit, you know, just enough to make it interesting because I've noticed that the, um, um, the other self-storage facilities, I mean, here again, there's another, um, they've actually once, well, of course, my, just to give you some background, my, my dad and uncle, their facility is the largest in our area and I'm the second largest. And then there's like okay. maybe, 20 or 30 other, you know, smaller ones, you know, around. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, uh, as I've raised my rates and, and, um, uh, others have also raised their rates too. You know, I'm not the most expensive in the area, but, um, everybody, I mean, there's a guy, there's one guy, he hadn't raised his rates in gosh, probably 15 years from what I've been mm -hmm. told. And um, he started raising his rates. I think he just realized that why am I sitting there, you know, something must have clicked because he's on the internet. He's got the, you know, the website and um, something must have clicked with him. Like, why am I sitting there at 100% occupancy at $25 a month for a six by 10 when the guy down the street is charging 45 and he's at 100%. <laughs> so, right. uh, yeah, so I think yeah, you start seeing, you know, people start paying attention once they're, you know, things don't look yeah. right. So, yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of that, yeah, as, as that market in your area changes a little bit, you either kind of have to change with it or you get left behind. You're either leaving a lot of money on the table by being way low, yeah. but it also then makes it harder for other people to increase their rates. If somebody across, you know, a mile away is half the price. So, but yeah, yeah if, if they're at full occupancy, then I guess that kind of solves that problem too. So. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much, it's, we, everybody's pretty much in the 90% ish area. You know, the, the, the customers that actually answer the, are the, the self-storage facilities that actually answer their phone are, you know, at 90 plus. So. Right. And so with, with the different locations that you have, do you just have kind of one office that you work out of and then manage all the facilities out of that one? 
each location, I'd like to have uh, one, I think, bag, usually a six by 10. And then that's where the, the security camera uh, is. And, and uh, I like to have a drop box on at each location because I get quite a few people that just like to put the check cash or money order in the drop box, which I check every day. And uh, um, so uh, that, uh, you know, it gives me a good reason to be there. So I don't forget to, to do my rounds and uh, nice. people are always moving in and out. So mm -hmm. nice. And uh, I guess kind of just switching gears here just for a minute, maybe just to break it up a little bit. Uh, do you have any horror stories of like a terrible tenant that sticks out in your mind or something crazy that happened at one of your facilities since you started a couple years ago? Um, nothing. My favorite one was that guy that he, I saw a podcast. It's something about he had a hundred thousand dollars in a storage bay they auctioned yeah, a drug dealer yeah. or something like that that died. Yeah. I don't know that that yeah. I can't top that one. But the um, the <laughs> one uh, um, well, it was my dad's place, and uh, they found a. Um, I found. I mean, I've actually uh, had people have store their, their dogs, you know, like live dog in their storage bay. Oh, wow. And uh, so I had to call the, the animal control, get them out. But we actually found a pig in, in one. Somebody <laughs> was storing their live pig. They saw the dog and the dog was just happy to get out. But then it says, hey, that looks like a pig snout and gave it a little, little nudge. And it was like, it's alive. Called animal oh, wow. control and he says, "Well, where's the other one?" And he says, "What do you mean, other one?" He says, "Well, we know the lady, and she's got two pigs." <laughs> so, oh, <no. laughs> so never found the other pig. <laughs> so, no, that's crazy. We're, we're having a uh, right now. The horror stories that I'm dealing with now is we're having more. Normally, about once every six months, some will decide they want to move in or actually live in their storage building. Right. I think it's a really good idea. So mm -hmm. getting you know keep because it, it just neighbors complain about it. it's a safety cut. Right. My understanding is if I don't at least try to kick them out, I'm the one who gets the fine and I'm the okay. one that gets in trouble is so, so I do after the third morning, I usually, you know, I'll call the cops and then they'll come right out and they'll knock mm -hmm. on the door. Hey, you know, you got to get, you can't live here. Right. And uh, so that usually and it's just last month, We've I've had three of them that I've had to kick out like that, and yeah. uh, it's just really increased in the last month. I don't know why, but uh, something's going on. But, yeah. Do you, Do you have anybody that runs any type of businesses like contractors that rent units or anything like that as well? Oh yeah, several of them, and, and, and those guys I can you can tell they're they're not living it. They're normally right. most people I don't see every day, but the, the guys that you know they'll come in there and they'll load up their their fence or their paints or, or stuff like that. And I've got several of them that are like that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, um, in a, and it's hard to explain the, the, I've got a couple buildings where it's worked out well that I've got some guys that actually, I think one guy, he actually builds speakers like for custom speakers for, um, uh, for automobiles and, uh, he'll buy, he, uh, he gets out there and he'll start sawing and stuff like that. And, you know, cleans up his mess and doesn't bother anybody. Nobody complains. Yeah. So I'm like, Hey, go for it. You know? Yeah. So. Awesome. So, so if I could ask you this question, I guess, as you're looking to, to purchase another facility, or, you know, another in, in your area, how are you kind of finding those deals or how do you, you know, how do you search out to find another facility that's going to go up for sale or how do you make those connections, I guess, is what I'm asking. Yeah. I mean, just, just looking on the internet, uh, I've got three or four different websites that look at real estates for sale. Um, um, it, it's, 
Um, and then, of course, putting the word out with realtors. Um, um, the, the last guy, actually, uh, this one in Hanson, he just just stopped by and said, hey, and, you know, um, saw me. And uh, we uh, we met up and, uh, yeah, we, we got it. It was just word of mouth, that one. But mm-hmm. um, I try to keep my eyes open um, and seeing if uh, there, there's a couple that I'm, I'm kind of wondering about here locally that uh, I'd, I'd kind of keep, keep, you know, I drive by it every day on my way doing my rounds. So one of these days, if uh, um, they've got a property manager, so it's really kind of hard to get in and, and talk to the actual owner. Right. If you know what I mean, so mm-hmm. um, to get in a conversation, because I think just from the condition of the facility, they, they kind of, you saw it ramp up where they were doing a lot of repairs and then now it's kind of ramping down again. So, um, you know, I kind of got my eye on that one. I think I'm going to, I'm going to hear about that someday. So, yeah. So just kind of keeping your eye open in the area as you, as you're kind of looking yeah. for stuff. And okay. since I, we're in a small area, we've got six units in the last or six different businesses in the last uh, five years. So word of mouth, people know that, Hey, you know, if you want to sell your facility, this is the guy you need to probably talk to. So, uh, right. Yeah. I know. I see a lot of, a lot of acquisition questions and stuff like that in groups that I'm in, you know, where people are looking for facilities. And so then I, yeah, I just wasn't sure what your strategy was there as far mm-hmm. as, you know, and, and you're, it seems like you're mainly scaling in a very like keeping it pretty close proximity, right? Oh, yeah. you're, not, you're not looking to expand, you know, across the state or out of state or anything like that. No, definitely not. Um, um, if I if I can, uh, you know, keep it within an hour drive, maybe two, but you know, uh, definitely not no more than no, no more than two hour drive away. That's that's for sure. So, uh, and right now, most of the property you run across, especially people that are trying to sell it, is just such a premium, and uh, they they just right. want way too much money for it. And, and when you, um, I'm looking at return on investment. I I don't need to you know I don't need to buy a job and um, right. So, Okay. So, so if I was looking to purchase a property or, or, you know, in the market to buy a facility, what's, what's one piece of advice maybe you'd give me from the ones that you've bought something to mainly look out for as I go through that kind of acquisition phase? Well, the first thing is don't pay too much for it, you know, cause you know, you, you'll, you're better off um, getting one that's a little downtrodden rather than paying, in my opinion, than paying a premium for it and then trying to hope that you can recover your money by raising your rents. I just, that's just not my, some guys I, I hear them and man, I think, yeah, great, good luck. But that's just not the way I do it. It's just the risk of, of overpaying for something is just too high for me. I, I don't want to go down that road. Right. And so it seems like, yeah, it seems like your company, you have really good retention rates, obviously, if you're sitting at hundred percent occupancy, mm-hmm. is there anything that you do specifically to kind of drive those retention rates or is it just from not raising rates or, or do you do anything specific on that? No, I raise rates. Um, I send out two letters a week um, and I, I've got a little spreadsheet that I've built and it's, it's pretty, you know, uh, mom and pop looking spreadsheet, but it's just a, a list of, of who I rent it. And I've been doing this for a year and a half. And, uh, you know, started out and say, okay, raise this guy's rent and give him most of them like two months notice. Cause I I've gotten yelled at before when it's like, you know, they, I don't give them a notice and, um, cause right. there's some people on some pretty tight budgets. So, um, so I give them uh, two months notice, put their name down and then, you know, raise their rent and usually not significant. I mean, uh, there's a couple that were significant, but uh, usually it's 10 bucks or something like that a month, you know, at a time. And, and I usually go a year or something and then raise it again. But um, uh, yeah, it's, there's just not, 
there's just not a lot of self storages for the number of people that need them out there. So, so that's, we're kind of fortunate that way. We don't have to do any kind of specials like a $1 for the first month move in or, or right. two for one or anything like that. We don't, there's no discounts. There's no quantity discounts or, you know, rent for a year discount. And uh, it's just, you know, I said, I don't, yeah. I don't really need to because I'm, you know, at 95% occupancy rate. So. Right. Which, yeah, I, I mean, I think too, a lot of that that I see anyway, personally around here is that you have a bunch of new facilities being built. And so in an area where it's being overbuilt almost, well, then they run a bunch of promotional discounts because everybody's trying to get those tenants to move in, hoping that they can keep them, you know? So if you're not in an area like that, it is a big benefit as far yeah. as for your, for your occupancy rates. Around here, and it's just started probably since we've been here in five years, the, the local government has really ramped up um, ordinances and regulations. And I, I guess they got a lot of time on their hands or something. So if you're going to build a storage facility in this, this area, you, you'll, you're going to spend a lot for it because they right now they're on a stormwater ordinance kick where, <laughs> you know, that, that just, if you want to put stormwater on a, on a facility, I mean, I've, I've, I've read the numbers I looked at would add 30 to 50% to your project. Oh, wow. So, so that's going to really have an effect on your return on investment. And when you address it to the city, their you their response is yeah but just think how much nicer it's going to be <laughs> right so, so it's like you know you gotta you know for me it's more of an investment it's more like buying a hundred shares of mcdonald's you know mm -hmm. not so much as um i don't know uh, uh like you know running an actual business you know i and right. i kind of treat it i have a tendency to treat it more like an investment than i do uh a business, but, okay. but it is both. Right. So. so, so as far as with, with the size of your company, uh, do you run it pretty much by yourself or do you have anybody else that helps out with management or anything like that? Not so much management. Once in a while, I'll get into a project like, you know, concrete or, or, you know, something like mm -hmm. that where we're, we're pouring concrete or building the buildings. I mean, I'll, I'll have, I've got a couple uh, carpenters right. that, sure. that they'll, they'll jump in there, but, um, uh, yeah, but as far as management day to day stuff, it's and um, uh, you know I, I tell my kids that you know I, everything I know I could teach to an eighth grader. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah, it, there's just not a lot to it, you know. As far as uh, I can do my my walk arounds in an hour and a half, you know, our drive arounds. I mean, I can get all the five. If nobody moves in, nobody moves out, and I don't see anybody, you can get in a conversation. I can usually do an hour and a half. Uh, just red locks on, red locks off and check for any kind of weird stuff, you know, like people living in their bay, stuff like that. Right. So basically on that, on that scale, then you could get to about 1800 units, right? All by yourself walking, doing walking. Well, no, because <laughs> what happens is, and I've already, I calculated that out for every hundred units, the way I do it and what I do, uh, I, um, it's, uh, it's one day. So, uh, 500 units, five days is that's a 40 hour week for most people because one mm. and a half hours, it's not normal. Normally right. somebody, you know, will move in, move out or, you know, door spring breaks or latch won't, you know, or something, you know, there's always some issue. Right. Um, so, but if it's, um, yeah, no, no, there's uh, 1800 wouldn't, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do that. Right. Yeah. But no, that's awesome. Yeah, it was more of a joke. But oh yeah, yeah, about yeah, 500, yeah. 500, and because I, you know, I don't, 
I don't have any kind of like, you know, uh, kids or anything like that. So, so I don't mind going out there on a Saturday afternoon. And, and uh, well, that's, that's you know. impressive too. If you're doing a lot of the maintenance stuff yourself as well, cause I yeah. know, yeah, a lot of the people are outsourcing that or, you know, subcontracting that out to somebody else that to come in and repair new repairs. So maintenance is it can be when you get a higher maintenance done i mean that, that gets expensive quick i mean right you know all you got to do is have a you know have to hire somebody to replace a door and um you know it, it's yeah it, it doesn't take long yeah the price triples pretty quick if that's yeah yeah <laughs> if it stops there so so i guess uh one one kind of final wrap-up question maybe uh for the podcast would be uh, so if I was looking to get into storage, you know, uh, looking to buy a facility, you know, what, what, or just even looking to get, you know, into the industry at all, what is kind of the main, your main takeaway from the business so far as, as from an investment perspective, like, you know, what do you feel like is the best part of this business? Just, I'm just real nervous about paying a premium. Um, and that's why we didn't start out like building a new facility, you know, on a bare lot that would have probably discouraged me because, I know how much it costs to build new facilities and yeah. um, uh, there's a lot of unforeseen costs in there too. So yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, and then with a new facility too, you're sitting there for a while before you start to bring any income into that building as well. So, you know, yeah. usually you're, you're 12 months into the investment before you start to see any return or even anything to, to pay the costs of construction. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's um, I'm, I'm just in it. Yeah. Like I said, by the time you, 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 you know, especially if you've got, if you got to borrow the money, it, especially at today's rates, mm-hmm. um, I, I just, I, you know, even when it was like, yeah, well, when you could get money at like five or 6%, um, even then I, I was just sitting there, wow, man, I don't know. That's just, that, that's, there's not enough room in there, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. So um, right. uh, most of the people that call, I get probably, Every, at least every other week, sometimes once a week, somebody call wanting to buy our facility, just cold call type stuff. Right. And, um, and I'm sure everybody in this business does. But um, um, most of them have the same thing that, you know, they got investors. They don't they're not they don't they're not going out borrowing the money. And, and I said, right. yeah, you have to. You can't borrow the money and get into this business. I don't see how you can do it. And uh, we could probably go on for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think most people in the self storage business, once they get they get rolling with it, yeah, it just goes. You just <laughs> it's just one story after another. Right. This podcast episode was brought to you by CC Storage. CC Storage is a property management software that helps you pass the fees of credit card processing onto your customers, so you don't pay credit card processing fees ever again. If you enjoyed the podcast, there's a link below where you can fill out a form and be interviewed on the podcast with myself. If that interests you, please click the link below and we'll be in touch. We hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Don't forget to check back next week for another interview with another self-storage property owner.